listeners, welcome back to Roswell, the 1999 version from My Sister Made Me View It. I am one of your co-hosts, Emily, and I have seen this show before, this episode anyways. So I keep, you know, blinking twice to let you people know I'm not okay. (laughs) But it's a podcast, so that's why no one saved me from being the other (laughs) co-host, Megan. And I am having a lovely time. This is a, this is a really good it's episode. It's a lovely ter- children's carnival. It's a children's carnival. Oh, well, today we are going to talk about... Wait, first of all, I did say my name is Emily, but... I'm I should be packing. It. Oh, yes, and I should be cleaning the kitchen. But instead... We're making a podcast. <laughs> Oh, you guys, I'm going to suffer through this whole thing because Meg and I are sitting right next to each other. And she just it's made a sandwich with onions. the onions. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't smell. I'm going to suffer because I'm sitting next to Emily and she keeps hitting me for no, making jokes. No, that was one time. One time. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. Not even a little oh bit. My God. I'm so um, sorry. Whoa. As you guys can tell. Uh... <laughs> we, we have the giggles. Drink. <laughs> <We're> doing... <laughs> How about we haven't been drinking? <laughs> You're we're probably just... dehydrated then. We're just like this. <laughs> we're just like this. Um, we've already recorded a Roswell tonight and we're doing another. Because Megan's amazing. Because we are so behind. We're so behind. I'm not kidding you guys. We probably have eight Way of Kings or Stormlight Archives episodes in our buffer and zero Roswell episodes in our buffer. We're actually late on a Roswell right now. We are. Because we did three weeks of Way of Kings in a row. That's a face full of onion. (laughs) 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 You're making me view this. This is my punishment. All right. Well, today we are talking about Roswell Season 2, Episode 14, How the Other Half Lives. I don't want to open my mouth anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I made fun of you. It's just food. They're delicious. I know. But yeah, Meg, I think a lot of your predictions came true. Yeah. Sheriff didn't technically get his job back, but I think we're going there. We're in that direction. Um, I'm very sad that the 900-year-old geologist Grant Sorensen <laughs> has now died from being shot by a policeman. <laughs> well, police officer. It was Agent Duff that shot him. Yep. With a gun. With Well, I was about to say, within <laughs> reason. <laughs> uh, I think we could have figured something out. Okay. We'll talk about it when we get there and we'll rewrite it. Our A.U. Roswell. That's spelled R A U S W E L. Rousewell. Rousewell. <laughs> but we open with a hooded figure that we don't know who it is. It's Grant. At all. It's, it's a always mystery. Grant. Who could this mysterious Stop figure Grant be? Me. <laughs> but he, this person, is in Michael's apartment, tearing it apart, going through everything, going through the refrigerator, with the freezer, multiple boxes of Popeye's chicken in yes. the refrigerator, and a giant can of of uh pineapple beans. juice no no beans that was pineapple juice 
But he finds a bunch of research Michael's been doing and he sees a picture of Lori. I mean, this person sees a picture of Lori and it takes off. Granted, there are very few other people it could be. <laughs> but Michael and Maria have been kicked out of the house. And so they're watching to try and find a way to get back in. Because they're worried, obviously, about Lori and what she's going through. And Maria's apparently not taking this seriously enough. Because she's called Liz to see who can get tree shot. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh so hard I farted. <laughs> Emily, how do you get tree sh out of a shirt? Shap. <laughs> tree sap. Sap. There's no sh. I was saying I didn't say it with a T. I said it with a P. Listeners, write in. Tell us. <laughs> Is it like what Aloy does in his armor? Aloy. Adeline. <laughs> you said Aloy. You did. I'm Listeners. Stopped. No, just. Okay, okay. We're going to stop and play back the tape for both of us. Okay. We'll be back. Ready, go. You were right. You were I also was right. right. <laughs> so, we both heard wrong. <laughs> That's just the name of the game. <laughs> All right. Well, Sheriff gets his dream to come true because he gets to stop Grant Sorensen with a legit warrant, which he could have got at any point in the past. I don't know why he just didn't. But uh, Agent Duff and uh, Jim Valenti have tracked down Grant Sorensen with a warrant talking about, hey, every time you were here, you know, this is where the stolen equipment came from. Oh, and why do you have scratches on your neck and all of these things? And he can't respond, which, oh, listen. So I love the podcast, Let's Go to Court. You guys know this yes. already. But that is just one of my favorite things when they when they confront a murderer and they're like, "What? why were you at the hardware store buying all of this equipment? Why did you need like gallons of carpet cleaner, you know, after we found blood underneath the carpet that's obviously been cleaned on top but not on the bottom. Oh, it's because I had guests coming over and I had to clean the carpet. <laughs> no, you clean the blood up because you killed somebody. Because I killed somebody. So you would say the stop of Grant is definitely warranted? I hate that, <laughs> but yes, I would. <laughs> Oh, you guys, Grant's story is very sad. It's very sad. Did you think it was going to turn out like this? No. I thought he was going to live. I thought he I thought he was going to live. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought he and Isabel were going to end up together. An alien and a 900-year-old geologist. Who was also an alien. Who was also an alien. Possessed by aliens. Yeah, but, you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Michael and Maria sneak back inside the giant mansion and she is curled up on her bed. The bed has no sheets on. It's just a mattress and she has candles everywhere, lights. I mean, she's like got, got a bug zapper, you know, and she's telling them, 
my aunt and uncle need me to be crazy because she knows this looks crazy. And Maria and Michael are kicked out yet again. Much more politely than I was expecting them to be. They're just like, James, please escort these people back to their car and make sure they drive off this time. <laughs> that was like three different accents. It, sh it should be more like, James, do see them to their car and make sure they drive off this time. Thank you. I say it how I want to say it. This is my podcast. And okay. I... <laughs> no! <laughs> Megan Camille! Disgusting! Unwarranted! F minus. <laughs> no gold stars. It's disgusting. She breathes in my face. Well, shit. Onion breath. Fine, I'll eat some. I'll eat some chocolate pocky. Can I have one? No, you made fun about onion breath. You deliberately breathed in my face. What else was I supposed to do? Take it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we've got Isabel, Tess, Max, and Liz. Gathered at the, the Crashdown Cafe, trying to figure out what to do now that they know that Earth has been infected. And Tess is being such an optimist where she's just like, are we talking about, like, just the woods? Are we talking about a couple miles? And they have to break the news to her that, like, mm, the whole Earth actually is going to be infected. And who shows up? Um, Spiky Hair. His mm -hmm. name is not Bryce. Nope. His name is... About it. Well, like, he says that his real name is, like, Kaznak or whatever. what he says. But he's the alien, Liznak. What's no. the alien's name? Larrick. Larrick. I was very close. <laughs> Brody! <laughs> Brody! <laughs> Buddy? Brody. He's back and he gives them, like, a little more information. Basically, this creature was a catalyst for creating the alien-human hybrid. Mm -hmm. It was only supposed to be on the ship. Now it's gotten out. If it uses the same sort of human that they needed to create an alien-human hybrid, basically if it infects Lori, then it will mutate and become infectious to humans without the chromosomal uh, difference that they had in her. Which is pretty much everyone. Like, yeah. there are... These people are so rare. So rare. Yeah. But anyway, um, if Lori is infected, the virus will mutate and then spread to the rest of the Earth and they will die. Yep. Fewer than 1 in 50 million people have it. Did you know, just this last week, Earth finally has 8 billion people. Yes, apparently on Thursday. Yeah. But yeah, this, this, what is it, Garium? G so whatever this thing is called. It's your podcast. I you should know. I'm going to let that slide. Um, but it's kind of gone rogue. And they, you know, they're like, Larrick is basically like, this is it. Get off of Earth. But then Tess realizes they didn't finish infecting Lori, and that's why they're still after her. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's like, oh, we we have a chance. We have a chance to, to stop this, you know? And so they go off to try and find the crystals, to try and find the queen. Because if they kill the queen, they kill the hive. Which, I don't mind that they said that before they did that, because mm -hmm. it's, it's like a a bit of a... I don't want to say trope. I don't want to say stereotype. Cliche. Okay. It's a bit of a cliche that like, oh my gosh, there's hundreds of them. What are we going to do? And then you kill the one in charge and the rest all die. So I didn't mind that they laid that out here at the beginning. Like it's a hive like structure. I know you're talking about Avengers. <laughs> don't laugh in my face, onion breath. Stop it! 
Yes! No! Stop! Here's what I'm saying. I didn't mind it in Avengers because they were so far outnumbered. How else were they supposed to win the war against thousands of these creatures? So, so, so the reason why I say that it's a cliche is it's like, yeah, there's literally no way they can win mm-hmm. in any of these situations. But we have to have enough like NPC side characters that we can spend 20 minutes with our heroes mowing through them. But then when it's time for the story to be over, we just have to turn all the bad guys off at once. And I'm thinking like the robots in Phantom Menace. And I am thinking Avengers 1. And mm-hmm. I'm also thinking a bit Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Although the orcs don't all die. They just, they all run away. And so I'd be interested in watching a movie where the fight keeps going after the leader dies. Because even even a lot of times in movies where I was just watching Bajiro Mastani the other day. And they kill uh, a king who's in charge of an army. And the whole army just stops and turns around and leaves. And I'm like, I would keep fighting for my life even after my king fell. That's something I would do. Okay. Anyway, so I've, I'm not saying it's a bad cliche. I'm just saying it's... I and I was saying I didn't mind get around it here. It. Yeah, I just wonder how you would get around that. Like, I don't mind, like, if you kill the queen, she's dead, and that's the only one. And so the others will eventually die out. Like, they can't procreate anymore. Okay, but yeah, what I think what we're really getting at here is it's unrealistic, but movies have to end the story. Yes, yes. So it's like, okay, the fight's over and the heroes are of one. We won. We won. Oh, no, Megan, I will hit you the next time you do that. I am not kidding. Foul. Oh my gosh, so it's gross. not that bad. It is. Megan, you're not the one that's getting onion, warm, moist onion blown <laughs> in your face. You are so gross. Why you do this to me? Because you made me watch Roswell. Oh, no. I even bought you dinner. <laughs> you keep criticizing it. <laughs> help, send help, everybody. Maria and Michael have some leverage because they've gone to look up the deed. And I guess I didn't know that was public, not public property, but like, yeah, you could go look it up. They're able to look up the deed to the house. Ownership of land is a matter of public record. Oh, okay. And they find out that uh, Lori's grandfather left it to Lori, not to the aunt and uncle. And so because she's been declared insane... Um, I guess all of her assets were put into the aunt and uncle's names because, because they're they her guardian attorney. Mm-hmm. And so Michael and Maria show up to the beautiful house again and bring copy of the deed, basically saying, we know what you've done. If you try and kick us out, we will take this to the authorities because Maria also reveals that she knows after she's done some snooping mm-hmm. that the aunt uh, and uncle donated a million dollars to the psychiatric unit facility yeah facility where Lori was basically a huge bribe to keep her there so aunt and uncle big legal trouble and megan this scene well the next any all the scenes in the woods we loved yeah we absolutely adored scenes in the woods were fun except the retcon of alex's season one involvement continues yes um, it is confirmed that season one was sophomore year. Okay. 
uh, because Kyle says, juniors. yeah, Kyle says, I wondered what you guys were doing all that time. And, and this is Alex again, pretending that he was a part of it. We are, we're all pretending that he was always there, always a part of it. Show wants you to imagine that Kyle was always involved and always helpful. Alex. Both of them. <laughs> Alex was always involved and always helpful. And so Alex and Kyle are out in the woods, digging holes, trying to find these crystals. Uh, and, you know, a, a line is said saying like, oh, is this our sixth or seventh hole? So because they find the crystals here in this hole. And I appreciate that it's not like, oh, we found it first try. It was so easy. It was, no, we have done this all day and we are tired. And, oh, yes, we finally found it. And I love how Kyle's just like, I got pulled into this and I don't, like, no one asked me, but I'm like a part of this still. He complained about that, complained about it like five minutes ago. And then the cave opens up and he's like, let's go and explore. Stupid. <laughs> oh. These poor dumb boys go spelunking and then they get stuck in the cave. Yeah, the crystals. Because crystals grow over the entrance. Mm -hmm. And they cannot get out. We cannot get out. But, uh, I mean, we can't go blow by blow by blow. Even though it is our podcast, we can do whatever we want. I'm not going to do it justice. But they get to be, they get to be teenagers here. You you brought that up again. They are silly and fun and carefree and react in ways that you know teenagers would react in rather than trying to be all serious all the time it's just i really liked it i thought Mm -hmm. they did a really good job with this the cave is full of glowing blue crystals it's a very fun set and the rest of the team which in this case is tess isabel michael and liz yes max and liz (laughs) (laughs) they show up to the hole where, where the crystals are grown they're trying to get in. Now, the aliens try and bust him out using magic, but apparently the aliens' powers don't work on this specific crystal. See, look, he dragged his hands through the mud. That's why his hands are so dirty. Which is weird. <laughs> so, Max uh-huh. takes his gloves off and just sticks his hands in the dirt, and then he just has dirty hands for the rest of the scene. They do something here that they do in the guest. So, everyone looks, everyone's damp and wet, and the ground is wet. But there is no rain, but there is rain noises. Sound effects. Yeah, put over it. It is raining eventually. So I, I wonder if they went back and redid redid these earlier scenes to like um, set up for the thunderstorm. I don't think it's raining on them during the raining scenes. I think it's oh. raining behind them in that little river area that we see. Okay. Anyway. Oh, no. Are, are they going to die? Are they going to die? Are they? Probably. <laughs> um... So they, they can't get in. They're going to try and dig their way in. They send Isabel back to the UFO center to get some more equipment. Um, like a diamond saw. Like a diamond saw, yeah. And so everyone is digging, 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 trying to get in, trying to save them. Um, but when Isabel goes to the UFO center, Who's she's there? attacked by a mysterious figure in black. It's Grant. We. It is eventually it's revealed. always Grant. To be Grant. That's all. Surprise. His lips are we visible. didn't see it coming this it's way. obviously it been Grant this It was such a shocker. Time. Wow. Man, the bar is low for you for television, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm making fun of you. I know. It's fun. We do this. It's fun. <laughs> Who could it be? It's Grant. It's such a mystery. He's got a name tag on. We'll never know who He just said, my name is Grant. (laughs) Michael's hair.
hair is different this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's like down and soft instead of down and gelled. Mm-hmm. Bring back the tall hair. Bring I want back the tall, the tall hair boy. Back. But um, as he's talking to Lori, I like this idea that they bring up because Michael ends up scratching his eyebrow and Lori says, Grandpa used to do that. I mean, you know, that same thing. He used to wear a ring on the same finger that you have, you know, as they're, they're talking about it. I love this idea of nature versus nurture of being like, he's a clone. Because in some stories you get like, do you have to be the person you were cloned after, like, you know, the island or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I like the question that gets brought up here is, like, is Michael who he is or is he literally a clone of this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's Michael. I think he's himself. Like, nothing's going to change that. But um, she lists some other emotional strengths that her grandpa had that she sees in Michael, that sort of thing. And she brings him down to the bunker that's in, you know, underneath the house where there's journals that he wrote, journals that the grandfather wrote with sketches of aliens in them. Talks about he'd been, you know, kidnapped by aliens. And and Michael is kind of worried because he's like, it, this alien thing drove this guy crazy. And... Lori also reveals that Grandpa was also certified as insane and put mm-hmm. away like she was. Because of how much he talked about aliens. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that's got to feel for Michael, being like, I'm alive and mm-hmm. here because mm-hmm. of her grandfather, who suffered so much because of it. Like, how do you reconcile that? How do you, you know, it would have been someone else if it weren't the grandfather, yeah. But just I think being faced with hey this is this is right in front of me. It's just right it's just so interesting. Yeah. But um the two of them are starting to connect more and more. Um and then throughout the episode they're like, "You know what? We're we're siblings." Yeah, I really like that Me because too. Michael's kind of going, "It's weird. Is she my granddaughter?" Is she this? And Maria's like, she's literally your sister. Like, that's literally what she is. And he's so excited that he's like, I have a sister. Like, ooh, so cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Isabel's kidnapped. Um, And she wakes up in a car with Grant just citing a bunch of rock facts. Which I really liked because he's listing things that he knows. Mm-hmm. And some of them are random, like the Spanish word for this is this and, you know, stuff like that. But I like that most of them were geology facts because yep. he was a geologist. I thought that was a really, really great character moment. And he's realizing now that there are holes in his memory, mm-hmm. which he hadn't put together before. Yeah. And he's like, Isabel, you can help me. You can put me together. You can help me put this together. But um, she realizes Queen has infected Grant and uh, it's trouble. And he, yes. Oh, wait, I figured it out. Um, I was like, but Grant doesn't have the specific chromosomal issue. However, it was stated earlier that the Queen is like a higher level than, you know, the rest of the, the crystal colony. And so the Queen can possess whomever they do not need this chromosomal birth defect Mm -hmm. um yeah but it starts trying to make grant kill isabel yeah so they're in the middle of nowhere uh and he 
pulls over and makes her get out. I was so mad in this scene. Okay, why were you so mad in this because scene? Because I wanted Isabel to blow up his car engine. Because he's driving. They are hours outside of Tucson. They're hours outside of Tucson and they're driving to Tucson because the queen wants Grant to hunt down Lori. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Isabel, blow up the car so he can't keep going. Mm -hmm. Make him go on foot. Because later she's calling the sheriff on the phone and she's like, oh, I'll hitchhike to Arizona. And he's like, you can't just get in the car with anyone. And she's like, I'm the last person who needs to worry about being in the car with someone. And I'm like, really? Because you didn't use your powers earlier. And I wonder if she's going to blame herself later because Grant dice the mm -hmm. uh agent duff shoots and kills him mm -hmm. and i and there's this really sad touching scene with isabel sitting with him um at the end of the episode and i wonder if she's like i should have done more to stop him mm. even edward cullen knows you disable someone's car <laughs> to prevent them from going where they want to go i love that so the boys are we've got alex and kyle back in the cave singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie. And I would Which, love to know... Oh, what were you going to say? I only know the Weird Al Star Wars lyrics, too. <laughs> I wonder how much they had to pay copyrighted to sing this. I do know you have to pay less if it's a cover uh -huh. than the original. Well, they're covering it, so yep, that so. makes sense. And I think the reason why they picked this specific song is the lyrics, This Will Be the Day That I Die. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I felt was sort of morbid. I mean, like, I mean, I guess they're thinking they might die because one of the one of the worries is they will run out of air. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, you know, there's two of them. Yeah, but I think now we can be rest assured that they will not run out of air because these things also need oxygen. So mm -hmm. these things would have set up their colony in a place that would have gotten oh. oxygen in it. So got it. That's nice. Do you know what the, the Miss American Pie singing reminded me of? What? Episode of Supernatural. What I wanted. Wanted. Dead or alive. Oh. The season three. Yeah. Um, but, so good. Anyway, just fiddling around, he puts a, Kyle puts a crystal and a lit match in a bottle and closes it. And the crystal ends up dying mm -hmm. um, because all the oxygen's gone. And then we cut to the people above ground, which is the scene you were thinking of, mm -hmm. where you're like, it's raining. It wasn't actually raining. Mm -hmm. But they flooded out a bunch of the set behind them. Mm -hmm. For lighting purposes, they're reflect, because it's dark, and instead of shining a light on the kids, they were shining it off of all of the water in the background behind them, putting a bright set um, to contrast with the dark uh, actors in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh... I like that. I mean, we've brought this up before, the idea of characters with cell phones. Mm -hmm. And in this one, it's very important that everyone gets the information. And, you know, we've got Isabel, Michael, and Maria in a completely different state, uh, you know, that need this information in order to win the day. And so you've got Alex and Kyle underground, able to call Liz on her cell phone as they're standing above them trying to dig them out. And um, the information gets passed down to Michael and Maria via phone. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just, I think that's a great, that's a great way to do it. So. I would like to complain okay. that Max's hands are still dirty <laughs> when he's holding the phone. He hasn't wiped them off at all. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Here, I'd like to shout out to Carmen, the 
Millie and Bobby's housekeeper, mm-hmm. who will be murdered by Grant later in the episode, which is very sad. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, I always get irritated at these kind of episodes. Okay. Not, not, not episodes. Um. So, Legend of Korra. I really dislike Bolin. Um. Mostly in particular for the scene where he's making Asami's servants pat him dry after he goes swimming. And then he, like, jumps back into the water again immediately. And, okay, I'm going on a tangent here. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. I get really frustrated in TV shows when servants are treated like props and background items. Mm -hmm. Like, one of the reasons why I love Downton Abbey so much is it's telling the servant story as well as, like, the nobility story. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you watch things like... For a random non-specific example, the 2019 <laughs> Aladdin, where Jasmine's running around singing her heart out in her palace, and the servants are just standing there watching like they don't exist. I'm like, they're people, too. They're human people, too. They can hear you singing. <laughs> anyway, I would love to... Um, oh, what was I watching? Oh, I was watching the 2019 Emma. Uh-huh. And thinking how funny it would be to write a book only from the servant's point of view of a story like Emma. And it's like, what are these rich people doing? <laughs> One of my favorite moments in Emma mm-hmm. is when Mr. Knightley has just run home from the ball, all a flutter about, yeah. you know, what he has realized that he loves Emma. And he comes in in a state and just like lies down on the floor. Like, ugh. he's just lying there, like thinking it over. And one of the footmen, I guess, or, you know, servants, walks through the door, sees him, and then, like, immediately is like, no. Like, I thought that was such a fun touch. (laughs) So. Anyway, I get really frustrated when period shows depict all servants as people who are just dumb and stupid and can't possibly understand or contribute to the plot. Except for every once in a while. The main character will make friends with one servant. Oh, but they're not like the other servants. They're mm-hmm. smart. I don't like that. Okay. Okay. Back to Roswell. Back to Roswell. This was one of my favorite scenes, actually. Okay. In the, in the episode. And it is a scene with Agent Duff and Jim Valenti, where he's come to her with, again, this new piece of knowledge that she has no idea where he's gotten it from. Like, he just tends to show up with, you know, being like, oh, I know this thing. And it's kind of fun seeing it from the other side because I feel like usually Sheriff is on that side of like, wait, what's going on? And now it's this one. But he says, we need a plane. And he explains like, we got to go chase down Grant Sorensen. You know, this is what's going on. He's going to Tucson. And Agent Duff is about to call up and get like a backup official, team. an official, yeah, backup team and a plane. And the Sheriff, like, I guess he takes the phone or he puts it down or something and he gives her this great, great speech. It's not really a speech, but... Hey, listen. Yeah, he's like, you are going to see things tonight. Like, I love that he at least prepares her. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't just throw her into the deep end of just like, oh, this is how everybody else found out. So you have to be this way too. Um, but he prepares her by saying, you're going to see weird things. Things that you are not going to be able to explain to your superiors if you get the FBI involved, you will lose your job. Because yes. he knows how important her job is to her. And he's not going to do that to anybody mm-hmm. else after it was done to him. 
to me, that is like, that speaks so highly of his character. So highly. I really love Jim Valenti. I'm so happy we're in season two, Jim Valenti, because now he's not a terrible, suspicious person. Now he's not a terrible sheriff. He is, in (laughs) fact, not a sheriff. Not a sheriff. (laughs) Last happy moment of the episode. Michael, Maria, and Lori are having fancy dinner uh, at the fancy table, um, which is squab stuffed with foie gras and black truffles with a Pinot Noir glaze, which sounds heinous. Mm -hmm. I think they're just like, what are all the expensive terms we can think of at once? (laughs) We should call Jane and ask if that would actually be good. Okay. I'll text her. Hold on. Text her. See if she answers. We're going to... You know, our friend with her own life and no idea that we're actually recording right now. We'll see if she can answer live on the podcast. While she, well, while Emily's texting. Yeah, call her. Okay. Emily. Hello, Jane. How are you? Ah, real good. I'm uh, just pulling out to go home. Nice. Mostly dead. Mostly dead. (laughs) Oh, Jane, I'm here too. Hi, it's Meg. We have you on speakerphone right now, and we're podcasting, and we have a cooking question for you. Okay, so these rich people are having a meal, and I think that the writers just named three expensive-sounding things to sound fancy, and I don't think this meal would actually be good. So, what do you think of squab stuffed with foie gras and black truffles with a Pinot Noir glaze? Okay, wait. You said cod? Sorry, squab. Oh, squab. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stuffed with, say again, slowly. With, okay. Squab stuffed uh-huh. with foie gras uh-huh. and black truffles uh-huh. and a Pinot Noir glaze. I mean, you you could make that work. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're just going for the most expensive stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Incredibly expensive, goodness gracious. I, I don't think foie gras as a stuffing is at all a good idea. <laughs> I mean, you could you could definitely use it like amidst other but like but I mean I would totally have squab stuffed with black truffles and Pinot Noir. It's the uh it's the uh it's just um, so much foie gras that sounds really fatty yeah. <laughs> and also also like the foie gras would really compete with the truffles i'm feeling no i'm going okay. to agree that this is just they picked the most expensive sounding things and threw it at that and also stuff with black truffle what because surely they didn't just stuff it with black truffles, because truffles go for over a thousand dollars a pound. <laughs> you know what? I think they did. They because because it was the the owner of the house who read off the recipe. So it's not just one of the kid characters guessing, but it's like yeah, squab stuffed with foie gras and black truffles. And I'm like, entire black truffles? That's a lot of truffle. We <laughs> brought a singular truffle into the restaurant once. Uh, back in Boston, and we used it to do everything for weeks. Like we stored eggs next to the truffle, so that it would the flavor would absorb through the shell, and we could sell really expensive 
truffled eggs. <laughs> tiny, tiny slivers of truffle went into the oil. And then we used that oil on everything and charged so much money for it. <laughs> uh, and now squinting at the table, it seems like they've served this with just steamed broccoli and a dinner roll. So that's where they spent all their money is <laughs> on the squab. <laughs> Uh, and the main characters claim to be drinking root beer with it so there you have it that's their meal no no (laughs) (laughs) what are you watching (laughs) we're watching Roswell (laughs) Megan's favorite show (laughs) yes and apparently they're drinking their root beer out of 17th century Bavarian crystal goblets. That's not a problem. The problem is that they're having it next to everything else. <laughs> well, you know, they're high schoolers. They can't give them, I mean, they can give them Pinot Noir glaze, but yeah. they can't give them any, you know, appropriate actual Although, alcohol. Jean, what would you pair drink-wise with this meal? Pinot Noir. Okay. <laughs> She has spoken. <laughs> Thank you for guesting on our podcast. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Awesome. A dubious pleasure, but uh, <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, we'll get back to doing this. Jane, you are such a trooper. Thank you so much for picking up the phone. You guys are lovely, and I'll talk to you soon. Perfect. All right. We'll drive home safe. We love you. We think you're great, and we'll talk to you later. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Yes, a truly disgusting dinner, but yep. costs a lot of money. I feel like that's what a lot of expensive dinners are. Of like, oh, this is fancy. Blech. I don't know. <laughs> our our fancy dinner was pretty good. Oh, Jane made. I well, I didn't go. I had Sorry. COVID because Reverse. someone gave not it to me. Oh, not, not that, that one. one. Okay, Disney World fancy dinner. <laughs> Victoria and Albert's fancy dinner was pretty delicious. It was delicious. There were a few things, though, that I was just like, like, there was some, like, spongy, bubbly green thing that had, like, I believe you. (laughs) I don't remember that. It was like a, like a, you're supposed to eat it in a single bite. And it was, it was a texture thing. And it was a very salty, bubbly thing. I really liked the duck dish that had the little uh, micro, micro greens. Nope. Oh. Oranges, what do you call those oranges? Too? Mandarin. Yeah, mandarin. Mm-hmm. Little tiny, tiny mandarin orange slices on it. Speaking of duck, when I went to visit Jane when she was cooking at this Boston restaurant, I had duck with rose petal sauce. Divine. Very good. So if you're rich and have taste, then the food is good. <laughs> but if you're just like, what's the most expensive thing I can think of to put in this TV show? And I would rather eat a hamburger. <laughs> I would rather sit naked on a hot grill <laughs> than eat squab stuffed with foie gras and black truffle. There we go. Um, Did you not know what a squab was? No, I didn't oh. at all. Like if they would have said like, oh, what are those little tiny? Cornish Yeah, hens. like Cornish hens or something. But I guess it was... She said she hoped they choked on a pigeon bone. Yeah. Okay. Squab is like dove. Okay. It's, it's like pigeon that you hunt. Not gross city pigeon, <laughs> but like the fancy pigeons you hunt in the wilderness. Got it. Do you know what foie gras is? Yes. And that is gross. Audience, do you know what foie gras is? Right Don't in. look it up. Tell it's not that bad. <laughs> it's like puree goose liver. Uh, Michael goes to get more root beer. Well, Maria is like, Michael. Michael, go get it. 
She makes him go. And very sadly, he finds Carmen and Grant murdered her. Yes. In the kitchen. And you were surprised that they showed. It sounded like you were surprised that they showed no. exactly how she died. No, I was okay. just sad. You were sad. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah. Moment of silence. Oh, I told you I would do that. I was waiting for literally the funniest moment I could breathe in. I'm going to die. I'm going to asphyxiate. I love you. Why did I do it? What did I do to you? I bought you dinner. You made me watch Roswell. That's, listen, you're just going to have to accept that. I know, but I'm going to complain the whole time. Dilly said it's funny that I hate the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So Grant is in the house with them. The call's coming from inside the house. Um, and what follows is like a bit of a game of cat and mouse. The sheriff and Agent Duff arrive. Yes. After Michael gets shot. Right. Grant shoots Michael. Where? In the shoulder. In the shoulder. Where? Listen. It's a very Hollywood injury and a very real-life fatality. Yes. You get shot in the shoulder. There are tons of arteries, tendons, ligaments. It's going to maim you for life. But that's where people get shot safely. Right. Because they're like, there's no lungs there. There's no uh, internal organs up there. So you must not need it. Shoot them in the shoulder. You want to know what one of the safest places to get shot is? Is it where you shoot? Yes, it's where you find tree shap. <laughs> if you get shot in the butt, it is most likely you will survive because it's just a lot of fat. And muscle. And muscle. It's your gluteus maximus. Butts are the reason that we can run so well. Oh. Uh, it's one of the things that makes humans such good long distance runners. One is we have a solid powerhouse of muscle at the top of our legs, so... We can, like, carry our own body weight for a long distance. And two, because we are bipedal, we can control the rate at which we breathe and, by extension, um, control our heart rate. Uh, Quadrupeds, when they run, um, their lungs basically work like an accordion Mm -hmm. because they're all stretched out and then to gallop forward, they're all scrunched up. So a cheetah can run very fast, but it cannot run very long Mm. because... When it's running fast, its lungs are going, and then your heart explodes. What about horses? They run long distances. Yes, but um, horses don't completely accordion up as much as. Okay. And horses also have giant butts. That's true. Butts help you run. Anyway, (laughs) humans are the greatest running machines of all time. We are persistence hunters, and that's why so many people run marathons and don't die. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, Grant gets Lori, uh, Lori and Maria are trying to hide at the bomb shelter and they're trying to push the door shut. They're just like, oh, oh, it's so heavy. Or maybe it was like stuck a little bit. We're just two girls. We can't do it. And in a minute, the sheriff will one hand just grab the edge of the door and pull a bit and it will slam after him. So the sheriff either has superpowers or (laughs) anyway. I thought it was Michael that closed it. No. Okay, it was the sheriff. Anyway, sheriff is turning over a new leaf, and he's trying to talk Grant down with his gun. But then, sorry, sheriff puts his own gun down, trying to talk Grant into putting his weapon down. 
as he takes a step forward. Because Grant is saying, I don't want to do this. Yeah, he's... He's like, being compelled by Something is clearly wrong. Like, he's agitated and, you know, trying to fight whatever's going on. Yeah. Um, but he does bring his gun up. And because this is an American television show, <laughs> the law enforcement officer kills him instantly. Mm-hmm. Um... And then there's this moment where she's like slowly walking towards the body. And I'm like, he's going to be alive or something's going to pop out. or He's going to open his eyes. Something's going to happen. Emily, what happened? So he's lying there. And I think she's going over to feel for a pulse. That's what it looked like. But all of a sudden we get this very alien from like the movie Alien where this huge clump of blue crystals shoots out of his chest. And in the middle of that is nestled. Like a, a the queen, yeah, which is like a crystalline jellyfish. Yeah, and that comes out and starts flying around the room. And here's my thing. Listen, I understand it's a television show. It's made up. It's about aliens. I get that. But how is he breathing if that was lodged up by his heart and in between his lungs? Uh, it was working like a bellows. Okay, okay. So I bring this up because in the fifth element. Spoilers for the fifth element. There is an opera singer. This is my favorite scene of the whole thing where the song that she sings, it's like impossible things that are being sung. Like no human can actually sing this. And it's very fun and enjoyable to watch. Later on, there's, you know, the bad guys come looking for these very specific Main things. characters. Main characters and to also to, to get these very specific blocks or whatever. Turns out... The opera singer has them inside of her and she cuts, they have to cut her stomach open and pull these giant stone blocks out of her. You can't get enough air if you're stuffed full of stone blocks to sing like she just sang. It ruined everything for me. but. Everything. Okay, but. She is an alien. That surgically implanted. And I believe... Her lungs are not in her chest. Where do you think they I are? I think they're in her giant headpiece. <gasps> that would make sense. You know, Spock's heart is like down where a human's kidneys are. You don't, true. You don't know where she breathes. I'm just She saying. could be intaking air through her butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like a... I would like to theorize about this. Okay. I don't think it lives in his chest cavity. Mm-hmm. I think it lives lower down in his gut. And then when it sensed this organism was dying, mm-hmm. it was moving up and out and then busted out there. Okay. Does that help? I will accept that explanation. But um, it's coming. It's like a mix between a jellyfish and a wasp. I don't know it, how else to explain it. It does it does move very reminiscently of the Doctor Who giant wasp. See uh-huh. look, there's the sheriff shutting the door there with one is. hand. Yeah. Anyway, Michael heard the because remember everyone was communicating on the phone. He mm-hmm. knows that thing dies without any oxygen. So he takes the filtration system of the bunker. He uses his alien powers to slurp all of the oxygen out of the room. Mm-hmm. And that kills the queen alien. And here's what I, I liked is we've got Agent Duff who is watching this. And she's not, like, asking, how did you do that? What are you doing? What's going on? Like, I appreciate that she has a cool head in this moment and is, like, observing. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. 
Yeah. And I am I am really glad that she got to see an actual alien on her first encounter out. Because yeah. bless our main characters, but they look very human. Yeah. And so they can have magic powers that doesn't necessarily marcate them as aliens. Mm-hmm. But that thing was definitely extraterrestrial. Yeah. Yeah. But the nice thing is they kill the queen. The queen. McQueen. <laughs> And then we go back to inside the crystal cave uh, with the two lads lying on the floor, imagining that they're going to die now. Um, and then all the other crystals start melting. Can I talk about this conversation they have? Yeah. Though? They have this really great moment where they're just like, Alex is saying like, hey, we discovered aliens and now we're going to die because of aliens. But they're talking about like, would you give it up? Even knowing that this is it, this is the end, we're about to die. Would you have been happy going through your life not knowing this? And both Kyle and Alex agreed that this was worth it. To have this was worth it. And once they have this conversation, all of the crystals start like goopifying and melting. And they're, they're first they're like, oh, they're attacking. Ah! And they start freaking out. And then they realize they're dying. They must, you know, they must have killed the queen above ground. And they're, you know, jumping up and down excited. And they like come up out of this goo as their friends are frantically digging through the mud, you know, to get mm-hmm. them, get them out. Um, See, yeah, I think this is the one scene in which they actually made it rain in front of the camera, mm-hmm. but not in every single shot. Yeah. But, yeah, the boys are covered in blue goo. Or bloop. Bloop. Which is blue goop. <laughs> but they're, like, listing, like, so-and-so must have done this and this and this and this, which means we saved the world. Like, we they just are, it. like, jumping up and down and are, like, celebrating. And it's just a really fun, uplifting it moment. It was really cute. Um, because we talked about in, like, some of the earlier episodes where everything is just so dire mm-hmm. and so rough that... and. Not only that, I'm so sorry. No, nope. go, 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 go. Nope. Um, they actually, they had a mission, they had a plan, and it succeeded. They didn't go back to square one. They learned and were able to use the information they had in order to successfully complete an adventure. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone gets back home very quickly. Like, that's what... Isabel's just in Arizona and knows where the house is. Yeah, yeah. But it is really, because we talked about it a little yeah, earlier. Yeah, this is the scene where Isabel comes to sit with Grant's body. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Well, you've got to think about all the ways that them being aliens have affected other people. Like, mm-hmm. it's happening more and more and more. Um, and that does take a toll on, I think, how maybe she feels about herself. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought this was a really great scene because it's just so quiet. Like, she's not sobbing and throwing herself on there, but you can tell, like, this is heavy for her. Yep. So. Anyway, we're going to write a bogus police report to hide up the fact we shot somebody. (laughs) Um, But I, okay, this is the one time I liked Agent Duff because Mm -hmm. she's not freaking out about anything. She's not doing any of that. She's just like, okay, aliens are here. Like. Good for her. <laughs> and the sheriff is explaining, I just block it out of my brain. I just pretend it never happened. <laughs> and I really like this next scene with Michael and Maria because she's fixing up his, sh- his shoulder. Um, 
Okay, I oh, thought they were back Sorry, in... no, they're not all back. They are doing this in the rich people's the house. The rich people's house. But she's doing the Indiana Jones kissing Kiss it better. Well, yeah. But I like this conversation, and I, I feel like this scene shows how close they are as a couple. Because he's like, what would you think about me inviting Lori to live with me? Because she's my sister. And instead of freaking out and being like, how could you do that? How could you bring another person into our lives? She just nods and lets him keep talking. And by the end of it, he realizes, like, she probably just wants peace and quiet. If she comes with me, it will just be one thing after the other, especially all this alien stuff. And I like that they just have this quiet conversation of, like, you're right. You know, she doesn't even, Maria doesn't even say anything. She doesn't say yes. She doesn't say no. I just... I just like that she lets him talk his thoughts out. And Mm -hmm. again, like we talked about Kyle and the sheriff not being able to have an emotional conversation. It would not have happened in season one. I don't think that a scene like this could have happened in season one either. Yeah. Even though Maria is very emotionally aware, she has learned by this point to let Michael go at his own pace. Yeah. Where did we find this lawyer, by the way? I don't know, but they found it, so. Okay. They just got a lawyer before they even took care of Michael's shoulder. And now Lori is queen of the house. And though he couldn't bring his sister home, he did get to bring a picture of her. Yep. Well, I love it. There we go. That is season two, episode 14. How the other half lives. Um, yep. Pull up the next up. The next episode, Megan, is season two, episode 15, Viva Las Vegas. Oh, they're probably going to go to Arkansas. Okay. (laughs) Great. kidding. The famous town of Las Vegas, Arkansas. They are going to go to Vegas for an alien conference. Mm. And what are they going to do there? Are they going to wrestle again? (laughs) Uh, Someone's going to get alien drunk. Okay. And yeah, Max is going to get alien drunk and try to convince Liz to marry him. Okay. Um, I love that scene in the first season. I know you do. Uh, and with Grant Sorensen's death, Duff is not going to be able to keep those secrets. Uh, and they're going to start really weighing on her. She's not going to be able to lead lead a double life. She's not someone who's prepared to lead a double life. Okay, so this one was heavily Michael and Maria. Isabel is also going to be like. Go get, you know, pressure. So maybe she's going to cut loose in Vegas a little bit. Um, Brody's going to be heavily involved in the next episode. Cool. Those are my predictions. I love those predictions. Those are great predictions. Uh, Thank you again for watching this with me. I know it's not your favorite, but I just really like hanging out with you and doing this. I like this. hanging out with you too. All right. Hey, look, we did it in under an hour. We did it in under an hour. Well, I'm going to get back to packing. Well, I'm going to get back to cleaning the kitchen. I believe in you. I believe in you too. Ready, Ready, break. Thank you again to everyone who watched My Sister Made Me View at the Roswell 1999 edition, especially to my sister Megan. Well, we are an audio-only podcast, so they listened to it. You, you watched it with us because they it's, didn't watch it's amazing. They, they definitely did. Everyone that we know. Listeners, wa- write it! <laughs>
So I'm hanging out with Megan right now. And she's like, you can't see the TV because she's playing video games. You can't see the TV. I'm like, I don't need to see the TV. I'm doing podcast stuff. And she goes, you do because I'm deliberately playing this very specific mission you said you would watch. And I said, did I say that? <laughs> I did. It's wonderful. I'm meeting her her boyfriend. It's not my boyfriend. He's Aloy's boyfriend. <laughs> Anyways, again. Thank you for listening to our podcast because you guys are great. And we appreciate all the reviews and uh, ratings we've received. Seriously, like, that's just so nice. You guys don't even have to do that, and you do it anyway. And so it just makes us happy. Anyways, it's almost Christmas time. And by almost, I mean Christmas for us right now is 10 days away. Except, <laughs> except, guess what we're doing? We're having Chris Thanksgiving. <laughs> we have so many family members in town uh, that we were not able to get together for Thanksgiving, and they will not be here for Christmas. So we, this Saturday, ten slash seven days early, a week early, we're doing Christmas. I had to do all my Christmas shopping a week early. I'm done. I'm done. I have everyone's present but one and Meg and I are still trying to like brainstorm and figure that out but we'll do it anyways I'm telling you this because listeners write in what should we get this last person for Christmas (laughs) you can't know anything about them or who they are in case they listen oh so if you enjoy stuff like this please join us in a week where we're going to post our next way of kings episode only it's not way of kings anymore we have moved on to book two of the stormlight archives and it is called words of radiance and on that feed megan is the queen know-it-all and (laughs) and she knows everything about it and i know nothing and then you can meet us a week after that to hear the next Roswell episode, which I'm so excited about. That one's really, really good. Anyways, we think you guys are great. I, I don't know how how we got so lucky to have you as our listeners, but we love you so much and just are so happy you're here. We hope your holidays are going well. We love you so much. You're the best. Well... Just kidding. We do. We do. <laughs> I'm your fairy godmother this year. That's what it is. Anyways, uh, I hope you guys are enjoying your holidays. Uh, I have one day to get all my presents done because I dorked around and realized 20 minutes before the specific store I needed to go to closed. So tomorrow I have to, I have to get everything between when my work ends and when my work party begins, which Megan refused to go with. With me. I'm cooking Chris Thanksgiving mess. <laughs> I can't go to a party. It's fine. I got a different sister to go to a party with me. I still love you though. I'll still <laughs> podcast with you. Okay, sounds good. Anyways, we're gonna we're gonna let you go so that you guys can do your Christmas slash holiday things and get ready for whatever you're celebrating. Again, we love you so much. Have a great day. We believe in you. Bye.